Voice Memos podcast with Jen and Myron. Hey, welcome to Voice Memos. I am Myron Clifton and my co-host is Jennifer. So Jennifer is a wonderful lady. She's originally from Wisconsin, now in California, flaming redhead with a beautiful big old dog named Mojito that I call Beast. She's a great sister, daughter, and a great friend. And uh, she is my co-host. Hey, Jennifer. Hello, hello. So nice that we're recording this because I get to save this and hear this over and over again, the compliments that you gave me. So I lied. <laughs> this is my friend and probably my bestest friend. I've known Myron over 20 years. He is a published author. He is an amazing writer, highly intelligent. And one thing that I can really tell you about him that stands out is how he raises his daughter, Leah. There you go. So was, was it that you were on a call someone was talking jargon? Well, no, I saw an email come out earlier today and the email was just, hey, these are all the great things that have been implemented on our website and everything is acronyms and or uh, not really knowing what it means to the front line. And it's hard because I know in general, when we send out and any company sends out emails to the front line, it's to really showcase that their voices are being heard, that they're making the experience better for the employee and the customer. That should be recognized with a dummy down version, actually. Right, right. So they were talking, they were talking, uh, it's, like, it's like they get too technical and like they're talking in one of those meetings instead of thinking about, we're talking right. ease and let's, let's tell them what this means to them. <laughs> exactly. So just sometimes I, and I try to do my best to articulate that to say, hey, I want this message to be heard. Can you dummy it down a little bit? And I don't know how much more direct I can be about it, but you know what? I just say, ignore the email. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, just let me tell you all the good things you did and how it, and how it online. Cause that email is crap. <laughs> exactly. Just pit, just go to delete. So it's kind of sad, but I was thinking about that earlier today. And then, um, and then I was going a little crazy with just getting caught up on some stuff and realized the timing. So let's go shallow. Mofo. Yeah. So shallow. So, yeah. So we are recording this on Wednesday, and I am on day two and a half of some type of gastrointestinal virus thing, and it is particularly brutal. <laughs> so I think I originally thought it was food poisoning, but I was checking around online and stuff, and people were saying there's another little. Um, bacterial virus going around different kind of not coronavirus but another one of those viruses and norovirus i think and it is rough so i haven't eaten since monday morning and i have been uh, either alternately throwing up or on the toilet or both for two and a half days yeah so much so that my entire torso is sore Messy. Well, I mean, when is the last time you actually worked out? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. 
when I was lugging my uncle's luggage through Canada. I was that was a pretty that was that was my last workout. But it, look, I reached that point. You know, you reach that point where you throw up or you have so much diarrhea that that the sight of a food commercial makes you sick. Oh my god! Right? Oh my god! And I I reached a point. I was watching TV with my daughter Leah, and a commercial came on for a Popeyes fried oh, uh, sandwich with buffalo sauce on it. And I just like, oh my God, I will never eat again. Like, it looks so disgusting. And every commercial, every other commercial was that or Taco Bell or just something really just crappy. God, you know, I'm sorry that you're going through that, sir. I know that. In, in general, most men are big babies when they get sick. So I can only imagine how you're feeling. Absolutely. So so people were telling me about this, about to follow this brat prescription for when you have these kind of issues. And I've never heard of this brat thing. It's like B, it's an acronym, B for bananas, um, R for rice, A for applesauce, and T for toast. Oh, I don't think I've heard. Who, ta- who taught you that? Some eighty-year-old woman. Oh, you know what? I, I I put it on. I put it on my Twitter timeline that I was sick, and I swear, maybe twenty people, twenty thirty people came back with, "Oh, just do the brat, do the brat." And finally, I was like, "What the hell is brat? Like, what is this?" And it was like a very known thing, but like you, I've never heard of this. Never, and actually, I'm mad. I'm making fun. Of, that's how I usually deflect from my own embarrassment is that I deflect you with the fact that how, who taught you that some 80 year old woman where I'm thinking I should probably know this. <laughs> right. And it was all matter of fact. Oh yeah. Just don't you know, use the brat. Oh yeah. We've been, my family been using the brat for 50 years. Oh yeah. Just brat. Nur- a nurse was on there. Oh yeah. You know, we teach this medical school. I'm like, I'm 57. I've never heard ever. <laughs> I, you know, at first I thought you were saying you had, Food poisoning, because I remember, oh my gosh, listen to this story. So I am, I have, was scheduled to go on a date with somebody. This was a couple years ago. And I went in the afternoon to meet, to have lunch with a girlfriend just to catch up. And we went to this Mexican restaurant, one of my favorites. And it was all great. I had a small little lunch because I knew I was going to be going to dinner with this person. And I get home and I'm sitting around, sort of, sort of, sort of start getting ready a little bit. I'm kind of slow. And then I start to get nauseated. Now, I, the only time I've ever really thrown up in my life is probably when I was a baby and a kid, but ultimately usually because I've drank too much. So I was, I thought, God, I didn't even have any drinks. What's going on. And literally I was like the exorcist. I couldn't move without actually extreme vomiting everywhere. And so I thought this is weird. So then you feel good. You throw up, you feel good. So I continue getting ready. Now, by this time, I've thrown up about five times thinking each time I'm going to be better. But my date was coming from Fairfield and I live in Sacramento. So that's a long drive. So there was no way I was going to tell him, hey, you should turn around. I'm not feeling good. So I don't say anything. And we go to this restaurant, a really nice restaurant. Actually, we're having a good time. I start to get nauseated. I went to the bathroom four times during that date. He must have thought I was doing cocaine. Like literally I was in the bathroom throwing up four times. And then he's like, 
hey, aren't you going to eat anything? I go, you know what? I ate, I ate a big, I ate a big lunch. He's like, are you going to drink anything? And I said, seven up, you have big seven up. Like literally I am dying inside trying to keep my game face on. Finally, I had to, I had to give in because I couldn't, there was, I was going to the bathroom for the fifth time and the waitress was getting suspicious. <laughs> You're like that. You like that Heather lady on selling sunset. I'm having water for lunch. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> I was so full already from lunch, man. That was the worst. I have never had food poisoning because the next day I felt great, but I have never in my life experienced food poisoning. So the same symptoms that you were talking about, I, I navigated toward that being the issue, but clearly that's not since you're still going on day almost three. Brutal. And when I, when I, I, now I haven't thrown up, this is Wednesday. So my last throw up was yesterday morning, but at the same time, I've not eaten anything since Monday. So um, but today I just tried a banana, but that was about an hour ago. So, so far, so good. But the last, but those times when I was throwing up, I, I threw up a total of nine times between Monday and Tuesday. And they were, you know, when you throw up and it's not only coming out of your mouth, but coming out of your ears, your eyes. Yes. Every oh. orifice. Yes. It is like, it's remarkable. And then the last time I threw up, I had eaten some grapes. They were just the most delicious grapes. And I threw them up about an hour after eating them. But however, because they tasted so good and they were so sweet, my throw up was pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I think I just threw up hearing that. <laughs> I saw it again with that dog thing. They just eat their vomit. I was like, you oh know, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> You know, my body image issues that I used to have would be jealous that you probably lost a lot of weight throwing up and going to the bathroom so much. Uh, yes, I do not recommend this. Although, however, you like you said, you do lose weight from just not eating for a few days. <laughs> my sister would have a shit fit if I said, wow, uh, I'm so jealous of the weight that you lost. Oh, <laughs> uh, just brutal, right? Just brutal. So I'm, I'm hoping that in the next day or so, I can get back to a, um, a modified, very light, um, diet of no, you know, big greasy foods or awful fats or anything, just some really chill stuff. That's what, that's what I'm hoping in the next couple of days. Are you watching? Have you been able to watch any shows during this sick time? So I did. I watched a really cheese ball show on Disney, on uh, Disney Plus called Sneakerella. Oh my God. Don't even, yes. talk, don't even talk about it. <laughs> It is, uh, so it's another, it's another, I'm going to talk about it. It's another version of Cinderella. Okay. But this one is, there's a young man. I, I, I think he's black. He might be, he might be Afro-Latino. I think he's black in and around New York. And he, it's a musical. So he loves to dance and he loves his sneakers, obviously. And so he's the Cinderella in this. And then this, this, his love interest is this lady, this young lady who also likes to dance and sing. And, and turns out her family runs a shoe empire. Wow. Right? So they're like the shoe empire. And so she, she sort of goes to the hood and hangs out for a while. And then she sneaks away through her driver limousine and go back to her family. And her family is plotting for this big um shoe con like comic con oh and they want the latest shoes 
And her older sister is the analyst in the family. And she has decided that a one stylish shoe is what they should go with. But the girl who's been hanging out with the black people down in the city said, I just don't feel like we're in, in touch with the with the streets anymore and with the, you know, this kind of deal. And, you know, we're out of touch and we need a new a new type of shoe. We need to have these type of shoes. And it was the type of shoes that her little boyfriend was wearing. And her family thinks she's crazy. So, but they give her two days to convince them that those shoes are the ones they should go with. And so then it all just follows the Cinderella thing from there. There's like a pre-party that's a disaster. And then there's the big shoe con. And because it's dizzy, it all works out okay. And people are dancing and singing. And it is really, really bad. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was a movie. It's a movie at Disney Plus. And it is like I was just laying on the sofa sick. And I was sort of like. Uh, I slept through a lot of it and the ending, I'm just assuming, I didn't really see it yet, but I just know that's how it ended because that's all the Disney movies in. So people were dancing and singing, everybody was happy, they wore nice shoes and everybody got along. So I didn't see that ending, but I'm sure that's how it happened. Wow. I mean, there's a level of embarrassment that sometimes I have for you and this, I think this is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, you know, the wild started, you know, we talked about the wilds last time and how season two is out there. Did you even finish season one? Okay. I haven't. I started to watch it today. So, so I'm about at episode three or four, I think. Um, but it's pretty good. Would you really recommend it though? I recommend it. And I'm, I have two episodes less of, left of season two. So I'm, I'm really? slowly doing it. Really? So is that good? That's good. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll die back in. I'll try to, I'll try to finish it. I'll try to finish because you understand the dynamic of it so the dynamic of the wild is that there's a plane crash and really ultimately the plane crash is um set up where it's really not a plane crash and it's actually a test of how women survive in the wild and how they work together and um, the dynamic of it. And then there's a surprise ending at the end of season one so then you see that there's another sort of tests going on. So ultimately there is something to be said about this test and how women it's research and how women work together. Cause the idea is that women should run the world or rule the world because they know how to collectively not get emotional. They know how to execute and work together as a team to get things done. And I mean, okay. considering society today, it definitely, it, we definitely could use some women in charge for sure. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I didn't, I didn't know about that angle. So I probably just haven't gotten deep enough into it. So, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to dive in. I got time. So I'm going to dive in and I binge it and see, and see what I see, what I see. Good. Cause I, I mean, it, I go from the wilds to watching the reunion of the real housewives of New Jersey. And uh, so I go from this like really well-scripted show to just women yelling at each other and blaming each other for their lives and their, the mishaps in their lives. So it's a good balance to me. It justifies, as I always talk about, it justifies my, um, my logic of watching reality TV, although no, it can be judged. Sort of balance. Balance. Yes, because you know what? It makes me appreciate really great scripted shows. Yes, yes. And as, as a writer, as I am, um, I like that as well. You like, I like to pick apart, you know, you're watching a scripted show. 
And sometimes you think that is a really good conversation these people are having. Like it's really good. It's, it's really well written. Because sometimes you only look at the actors and how they're acting. But sometimes I just listen to the words they're saying because somebody had to write those words. Yes. The, the, and, the intelligence, the, the banter to make me feel part of a conversation or part of this show. And in most cases, if it's really well written, makes me believe that the characters are actually real. Yes. And, and, and you can see, you know, the writers, because there's always a writer's room for these things that they really, when they nail it, they really nail it. Like you, these conversations flow, the story progresses, you learn stuff or the, the personalities are consistent and it just, it just works. Conversely, sometimes you see, you listen to someone talking, you go, no one would say that. Like that's like, no one would say that. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Mean, what? Who wrote that? It's terrible. So, and, yeah. and good acting comes, and I'm telling you for the wild, they, whoever casted that show did a fucking amazing job because every character I am engaged with, I am involved, like I'm committed to their character and, and their success or their failure just based on their character. So really just a really good show all around. So I highly, highly recommend it. I, I don't, you know, hopefully I don't, I haven't seen that Amazon because it's on Amazon Prime. I don't know if they've signed for a season three. They prob they're probably waiting to see how well season two does before they, you know, commit to that. But, you know, it gives me a break to watch TV, honestly, sir, when we think about what is happening in the world today. I mean. Uh, what a week, huh? I mean, when I think about Buffalo and oh. the, uh, I, I was actually, you know, we're bringing this down from a from a reality show fighting with Therese Judice or Teresa Judice to um, someone sending me the video of what had happened. And for those of you that don't know, there was a white supremacist racist that went into a black dominated neighborhood, 85 percent black store um, and plotted it out, wrote a manifesto and went in and shot 10, shot 13 and killed 10 uh, people. And when I, when I was thinking about how <clears throat> I got, I lost my train of thought because I, I got taken back by the video. So the, I get it, this video and I, honest to goodness, I thought it was a video game. So I was like, why are you sending me this video game? And I said, it looks so real. And it was actually the video of this racist white supremacist shooting. He was streaming, he was live streaming the shooting and uh, you and I've had some discussion this past week, you know, voice memos uh, around this topic. And you shared some insight around um, what his manifesto said. And additionally, I was able to, me personally, spend some time this past week just knowing the victims and reading up about the victims and their impact that they had uh, on their families and, of course, their their um, their neighborhood. So it was a very sad week and I don't even know if words or if I could say anything to express just the anger and, and just the complete oh, disarray that we're in. That guy, 18 years old, right? Grown, grown ass man. He lived in a community that's 99% white. Both of his parents have really good jobs. And he was able to purchase uh, very expensive weapons and tactical gear and all that. So I say all that to say, first of all, 
let's make sure we put aside that white men are suffering from economic anxiety and that's why they do shit right? So, so there was none of that. Now, just imagine this, Jen. He's living in a 99% white community, but he has been radicalized to believe that somehow Black people, any Black people, but specifically those living three, three hours away in three. Buffalo, somehow they are ruining his life. He's living only his entire life is in and around people like him. But he is convinced that Black people just living our lives are somehow hurting him. And he believed that all that, all that racist nonsense, that why people are being replaced, which is a whole ideology that Fox News promotes. And it's a whole ideology that says that because by 2040, 45 or something, what we call white Americans will be a, will no longer be the majority um, demographic in the country, in the country, be a minority. And so white people, some people like him, white people believe that it's a conspiracy that, that black people and immigrants are overbreeding so that we can replace white people as the majority. Now, first of all, that's all just crap. I don't even know where to put that. It's so crazy. But so they believe that they are so requiring, requiring white women to have babies. So eliminating abortion. So you can't abort white babies closing the borders and then making sure that um, other people don't survive. Like you, you do something so that white people remain the majority. That's their pro. That's what they want to do right now. And he was one of those people at 18 years old. He's already absorbed all that. And now let's put away the mental health aspect. He wrote a 180 page they call it a manifesto, whatever you want to call it, explaining his position and the whys behind everything. So there's no mental health issue going on here. There's nothing. He, then he drove three hours. But look, he scouted that place. He went there before. He scouted out. He went to one of the most black areas of Buffalo, a place where that particular grocery store, Topps grocery store, black people worked for years to get that grocery store there. Because that was what's known as a food desert. Because these these giant, massive mega corporations that control food decide all over the country they will not put their grocery stores where black people live. <sighs> so so we end up with food deserts, and we end up with fast food in places where black people live, and little community stores and liquor stores that we used to call them, where all you get is bad food. You don't get fresh fruits and vegetables. You don't get that. So. They worked for years to get that store there. He went there. And then there's a video out today of a, a black man who met with that kid, that young, you're not a kid, that young man, yes, the day before. He said, I talked to that guy. We had a conversation. He had on a shirt that said genius. So I struck up a conversation with him. We talked about space. We talked about black holes. We talked about critical what? race. Free. I even bought him a drink. We just chatted it up for a little while. He's, you know, just a regular middle-aged black man, just doing what we do. You just talk to people, you have a good conversation. And he said, yeah, then when I saw the next day, I saw the picture that that was the person I was talking to. He said, first I cried. Cause then I thought I bought him a drink. And is there anything I could have done to prevent that? 
And of course there wasn't, but it just shows that even with all that humanity facing him. So the stuff he had heard and read and been talked about to make him hate black people, when he actually had the time to spend with the black person, and that, that black person was kind and welcoming to him, bought him a drink, stood and talked to him just for no reason, it didn't matter. Uh. He still went right back there and killed all those black people. And not only that, when he he apologized to a white man for pointing a gun at him and said, I'm sorry to me to do that. And went on about Kelly Black. And of course, he was taken alive. Taken alive because, you know, it's funny that you say that. First of all, I think I heard that he, he pleaded not guilty. Am I correct on that? Um, that he pleaded not guilty? Yeah. I, haven't, I, don't, I think so. I think that's what his lawyers are going to tell him to do, but I, okay. I don't know for certain. Because, you know, I was someone that said to me, I said, yeah, it's amazing that he left, you know, unscathed. And that person said, well, you know, he put his hands up. He went on the ground. I said, bitch, I can show you video upon video of black men putting their arms up saying, I don't have anything on me and getting shot and killed in the middle of the fucking street. Not only that, you can also shoot a woman while she is in her bed sleeping. So don't tell me because he turned himself in. Like that sort of, that sort of. Uh, white thought process is that that person followed the rules. So of course they weren't hurt, but this person followed the rules. This black gentleman followed the rules or this black woman followed the rules and she was still shot. Like, and I also heard that the 911 operators hung up on some of the people. Now I have not done my research on it, but I did hear it on numerous news sources and postings. Like I might even been the Washington post. I don't know that they hung up on them. I heard it. A lady called 911, said there was a, she was whispering, of course, said there was a shooter there and that they needed help. And the 911 operator, as is too often the case, was rude and dismissive and told her to stop whispering. And she hung up on her. Fucking A. So that, so that person is suspended, obviously, right now. Um, but yeah, so it, it really is way past time. Um, no one should ever say, well, he followed the rules. That's why he wasn't killed. Like, yeah. there's no, you can't say that stuff anymore. Like, don't say that. And particularly don't say that to any black person. Like, don't yeah. say that because that is absolute bullshit yeah. because we could give you a thousand instances, like you just said, of someone raising their hands, of someone just sitting there, of someone being asleep, someone just walking down the park, someone running away. And you just end up dead. And a child mass- with Skittles. Yeah. I mean. Child with Skittles. Yeah. Mass shooters who are most often white men are often treated with, with delicate care by police officers and they are arrested. So we know they can do it. They just choose not to do it. Yeah. So. When, when society says that the cops just need more training, they need more training. No, because they're clearly showing that they don't need training when they arrest a white person. Yes. And so this, this guy he killed, he shot 13 people, killed 10. And he's just about in the same stuff that Tucker Carlson spots almost every night on oh uh, Fox News, like he does. And there's a reason that um, New Zealand banned Fox News. They banned it. They said, wow. because all it does is make white men angry. That's all it does. And we have this, our country is so stupid that we allow not only propaganda, but we allow hate propaganda to be broadcast 
uh, on our public airways. Like we just allow it because we say, oh, First Amendment. Well, you know what? Only people believe in First Amendment are bullshit, stupid people. That's just made up. It's just made up. It's just made up. And, and, and Americans get to a point where they think, well, this constitution, these things are from God and they are perfect. No, they're not. They're bullshit made by well a, a very small crowd of wealthy white men who was who most of them were slave owners. So fuck that. Sir, if there was defamation, if there was uh, the First Amendment, then there would be no defamation lawsuits happening right now. Exactly. Because defamation is you saying something inappropriate or wrong about somebody or some situation. And you could go to court, look at Amber Turd and Johnny Depp. That's a defamation case. So don't talk to me about freedom of speech and the right to say what you want. You don't have that. You don't, you have the freedom to do it, but there's also repercussions. There's, there's issues that come along with that. So don't talk about that first amendment, right? Right, right. It's just gives you the freedom to say whatever the fuck you want to say. A bunch of nonsense. So I was thinking about that guy. So Peyton, Dreden, Drenden or something like that. So you know what one of his rewards is going to be? So he's going to go through this trial, right? And he's going to he's going to get sentenced to jail or prison or something like that. And then he's going to be walking with open arms in prison by the white nationalist groups. That's that's what's going to happen to him. And he's 18 years old. So he'll be protected. You think he'll be protected then? I think he will for a long time. You know, let's see, just somebody make some kind of deal or something. You know, that kind of deal. But other than that, it just, it's a nightmare. So yeah, this was, this was a nightmare week. And I just be thinking about, you know, you be thinking about uh, how black people are in this country. Like you just be sitting around and you go, oh, they massacred a bunch of black people in Buffalo. And then for those of us that know white people and most white people, now it's interesting because most white people in America do not know black, black person. Cause there's just not that many of us, only 40, 40 million of us. And a lot of white people don't know black people, but the ones that do, I always wonder, do you do they reach out to that one or two black person that they know and say, look, I just saw what happened in Buffalo and I know that nothing to do with me and nothing to do with you. But I just want to let you know that as a black person, I know I'm as, as a white person, I'm very sorry for this happening. Like, I don't I can't imagine what you're thinking watching this happen again. Like, yeah. I always want to like do white people reach out in times like that, because like we got white people marching for abortion they got their pink hats on we got white people marching for for ukraine the, the atrocities atrocities that russia is doing in ukraine i'll never see white people marching for black people who be got the same atrocities happening right over here yep you know it's interesting you say that and and you know, I, I work in an environment and I have an eclectic group of individuals from ethical backgrounds. And there's a gentleman on my team that is black. And yesterday, I think it was yesterday, I, I reached out to him and I just said, hey, I what happened in Buffalo? I, I, I checked in with him. My question to him was, how are you doing after what happened in Buffalo? Because to your point, we don't do that enough. Don't we do don't enough. do that enough. And there's some responsibility, although I can't, be one person that changes the world. Although I try to do it with bits and pieces of little nuggets that I possibly can. Uh, but I can, I do have control immediately over checking in on folk and making right. sure that they're good. Right. And that, that's what I'm wondering that I think sometimes that we have that disconnect in, in, in this country that America is very, um, is relatively very generous with empathy around the world, particularly when it's in white nations, right? So 
the European nations. So we see that with Ukraine. Not that it's not warranted, but we're very good at that, sending them billions of dollars. And, you know, all these people online got these Ukraine flags and colors and all this kind of stuff. You go, okay, that's pretty nice. These people, you know, they're being devastated. But you know what? All those people that were coming through our border, they were coming because they were escaping the exact same thing. Like the same thing because people were destroying their country or whether it's the, from the uh, from the Americas or whether it's from different places in the Caribbean. It's the same thing. But you just don't have that same level of em- empathy. And that is, you know, that's that's a that's a, a, a piece of white supremacy that that Amer- white Americans have more empathy for other white people than anybody else, even against their own citizens. So I've been here forever. And you know what? You know, I was telling somebody else this. Look, I was just looking at a picture of my grandmother's grandmother. And my grandmother's grandmother was born in the 1870s or 80s or something like that. And you have, you know, a significant portion of white people who got here during World War II, right? They weren't here. They weren't here for all, all this stuff. And their ancestors weren't here for all this stuff. And yet, those people have more privileges and more rights than folk like, I'm just me, for example. Right, I mean, I've been here since the beginning, but when things happen to us, it just it doesn't carry the same emotional weight with white people, and it's it, it's. But if it happens to white people, they want us to join in with them and empathize. I had a conversation with someone. I said, "Well, I feel bad for Ukraine, but I don't feel any worse for them than I feel for people in El Salvador and Honduras, people in, in Brazil, people in Venezuela." You know, I, I don't feel any worse for them than I do for anybody else. And like, no, but Ukraine, Russia. Well, what's the difference? Like, what is the difference? It is. And there's no difference. There's people are being abused and treated poorly all over the world. And one isn't any worse than the other. And just because our media tells you one is worse, doesn't, doesn't mean that it is. <laughs> exactly. Like, do your research, folks. It's that Tucker, Tucker, Tucker Carlson, who talks, who t- who told, who told, made a rant on Fox News. You and I were talking about this too this week. That Tucker said that Biden is holding all the baby formula or giving it to all the illegal immigrants coming. So President Biden, who is working on changing and and bettering America, literally has time to reach out to Johnson and Johnson and say, please don't make any more and give it all to me so that I can give it to the illegal immigrants. What the fuck is happening? That's such a mess. And you know, and that's so, I, I like some of the things they say are so crazy. You just go, well, I, I don't even know, is it worth it even breaking down how crazy it is? Cause it's crazy period. One is there's a monopoly on baby food and there's only three major companies that produce that shit. And the last president that the, the Coke addict president that was in office, that Trump guy, he changed NAFTA and it made it harder for, um, it made it harder to get baby food inside the country. And plus a lot of other things inside the country. He screwed that up. And then Texas blocking things coming up from the border because they just want to be assholes. So there's you could always trace anything bad in America to either some really bad policies signed by really bad presidents or just really bad business people and their supporters in government. It's always that. It's never just some some random guy going, oh, I'm going to just screw this for somebody. Like, President Biden cannot do that. And, and anyone believe anyone believes anything that's coming out of Fox News mouth, you're just stupid for believing it. Like, you're stupid. You're stupid. I, yep. you believe 
that's on Fox News because one, they're listed as entertainment. They're not even listed with the FCC as news. So that's why they can say so much wrong stuff on the air because it's just lies and it's just entertainment. But their stupid audience believes everything that they say, even though it's always wrong, always wrong. Well, yeah, I don't watch Fox News and you know that. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of news out there that is just bits and pieces and people will tell you that, right? So they'll say, this is giving you a little nugget. It's to fit the narrative, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, giving giving baby formula, it's the same thing. It goes along the same conversation around gas prices. You know, like, oh, Biden's raising gas prices. It's legitimately, if I'm on Governor Newsom, who, you know what, I'm part of the 71% that, you know, were part of his recall and I'll vote for him again um, right. on June 7th. And- you know, it, it's the abundance of negativity when he posts something about gun laws and the major right. response people say are, why don't you take care of California? Bitch, what? <laughs> Sometimes you read some of those stuff and I don't, I don't have the intelligence level and the education. I don't, not education, but the awareness piece that you have because you pull information and you and you provide it in a very simplistic format and so there is times where if i had your brain that i would be fighting all day online like legitimately would be putting people in their place all day online so um it's just interesting to see how people pick on one thing and then that's their only response whenever a governor posts something is take care of California, take care of California. You're actually being taken care of because you're not right. dealing with a lot of the nonsense that most of these uh, states are dealing with. Right. That That's a good point. And, and you know what? Everything he says, what, whatever's happening around the country, it will affect us. Like that's part of the deal. So he may be the governor of California, the richest state in the nation, 40 million people. It all matters. And at this point, you, the choice is very clear. Either you're on the side of people that tried to overthrow the U.S. government. They literally tried to overthrow the U.S. government. They were talking about killing people. They stormed and took over the Capitol. They took over the Capitol and they raised the Confederate flag and a Trump flag inside the U.S. Capitol. The Confederate flag didn't even make it to the U.S. Capitol during the Civil War. Either on, the, on that side or you're on the other side. It's very clear. And the people that stormed the Capitol, if you are, if you're a listener and you're, you're like, eh, look, let me just, this is very clear. You're either on the side of white supremacy, white nationalism, or you're on the other side. Now you can pick arguments with Democrats, which is a big tent. And that means that there are a lot of different interests inside the big tent, right? And they can have arguments and, and differences in policies and how you want to move forward, but you're not on the other side. The other side wants to overthrow America is 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 very simple. Like they want, they want women to not have control over their bodies. They don't want gay marriage. They don't want interracial marriage. I mean, why would you side with that? You go, well, well, but I, I like the economic policies of Republicans. No, you don't, because the statistics show that America does worse economically under every Republican president. That's a fact. Like it's, it, you can't even dispute it. You can't even dispute it. So, so what is it that will hold you to that party? And you say, well, I'm not racist. Okay, maybe you're not, but you're okay with someone else being racist and you're in that party. That's the thing. I don't agree with Trump or I, I don't want him to be president. I, I, you know, I'm not a racist, but I voted for Trump. Well, then you technically right. you support racism. 
you said you said it's okay to be that to be that way and, you know and, and it's not okay to be that way so yeah so we got we got uh we got january midterm elections here in california or june not mm-hmm. january ours come and then we have the uh, big midterm elections in november and the idea is that democrats hold an advantage in congress and the house of representatives and um a, uh, a tie it's a tie in the senate however the vice president is a tiebreaker so the, the democrats have an advantage although if you can't get 50 democrats to agree on something then you really don't have an advantage so you need a couple more to cushion it against Democrats who are Democrats, but they are in Republican areas and they have to sort of toe the line. So anyway, we probably went deep on that politics, but you know what, uh, your first comment, the voice memo comment was about bad emails at work. And I was thinking about that today because I saw a message the other day. You know how we had this uh, partial uh, eclipse of the moon the other day? Yes. So it's pretty cool. You know, people go outside to see it. It was a blood moon. It was all this cool stuff and everything. And Mr. Neil Tyson DeGrasse, right? Scientist, you know, sort of beloved guy. You know, he's been like Neil DeGrasse Tyson. I said his name backwards. But he's um, he has a podcast and he was the Cosmos host and just a real good guy. He, he explains science and very simple and easy to understand terms. And he became famous for doing that because he had an excitement about it and he could explain the cosmos. So whether it was the moon or a solar system, galaxy, black holes, you know, just space travel, just whatever. He could make things very plain and make it very entertaining and fun to learn. So you have this, you have this partial eclipse of the moon the other day and Neil Neil Tyson, Neil, Neil DeGrasse Tyson said that the that lunar eclipse was unspectacular and no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, all my friends got their crystals out. We got our tarot cards going. We we're ready. Oh my God. That guy actually said it was no big deal. It was just your everyday, you know, run of the mill. If you if no one told you it was happening. You wouldn't even know. As if we wouldn't look up and see the moon is reddish and disappearing, you know, one night. Man, like, you know what? I saw, I thought, look, that's job burnout. Like, he's burned out. Yeah, exactly. He's at the end. We're like, <laughs> job burnout. Yeah, no big deal. Move on. <laughs> the moon disappeared one night. And the, and the leading vocal scientist goes, eh, no big deal. I like to what the hell? You know what? You need a sabbatical. You need to reconnect with nature. You need oh to just. Oh my God. Step away oh. from scientific papers, the research, the peer review stuff. Just go do some, some meditation, go surfing. You know what? Go gambling. Take Sage a your house, do something. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny because my sister is in, I think I might've said this. She is in the Netherlands. So about 45 minutes from Amsterdam. Okay. And she is, all she can talk about is that the society that she, that these Dutch are living in are a society that she 
like craves. So from there, even their stop signs have medium sized stick figures or whatever you call them. Like, you know, the little on the walk signs of crossing yeah. the street, they're not these little like skinny stick figures. They're actually body positivity um, figures that when you hit the crosswalk, it's like a medium sized little robot thingy. She says that people age there. There's no, like, they don't talk about Botox and fillers and that it is a very transportation is done either by bike, very limited cars there that either by bike or their transportation of bus and trains that it is low key. Everybody is enjoying presence of other people. She said she's never experienced anything like that in her life. And wow. I think I'm so mad at her for rubbing it in because she had asked me to go about a year ago. So her friend lived here in California and then moved to the Netherlands about three years ago. So that's when my sister went to visit. And so they are having the time of their life. And my sister asked me about a year ago and I was like, eh, I don't know if I really want to go so far. I don't know if I want to take time off work. And I'm beating myself up that I did not go because she said uh, there is nothing more incredible. She's never experienced anything like this in her life. Really? Have you been to New Have you been to Amsterdam? I've never been to Amsterdam. I know people speak highly of it, but no, yes. I've been there. That's the crazy thing. So I've talked to a couple people about it and they tell, have told me that have been to numerous cities around the world that Amsterdam, in their opinion, is the best city. Now, she's 45 minutes out of it. I can't even pronounce the name of it. Maybe it's Soert, which is S-O-E-R-H-T or something similar to that. So she flew into Amsterdam. I keep saying New Amsterdam because of that show, New Amsterdam, uh -huh. um, that I love. But yeah, so it quite experienced quite a difference in what we, what she lives here in America and how she's in this Dutch environment, which is the total opposite of what we have to deal with on a daily basis. That's really cool. So good for her. I want to go, I told her I want to go next time because she did say that there are some really amazing, beautiful black men everywhere. So I don't know why I'm not there right now. <laughs> Do you have any vacations planned? You know, I'm funny that you asked me that. I didn't get to share this with you. I'm taking, so my parents who are 70 and they had me at 19. So they're still relatively young because I'm 51. They yeah. have never been out of the country. So they got their passports right during COVID with the anticipation of maybe going to Mexico. So for my birthday in February, we are all planning to go to Cabo. I figured I will dip them into the international travel by going to Cabo so that they can experience just something easy, not feel too overwhelmed. Like I'm not gonna take them to Thailand the first time that they go someplace. But um, so we're going to Cabo in February of 2023. So that'll be really nice that they'll get their first passport stamp. What? That is pretty cool. I mean, can you imagine, sir? Now, let me tell you, if I didn't meet my ex-husband um, and lived in England, hello, everyone. Um, if I didn't live in England um, or meet him, I would have never gotten a passport. My first plane ride was to London when I was 23 years old. So I had never even been on a plane. I didn't even realize, I don't think actually that I needed a passport to go places like, 
ultimately I lived in this bubble of Wisconsin of exploring, I would have never gotten the travel bug, nothing if I didn't meet my ex-husband because he was military. So um, to set, have somebody at 70 and never traveling outside of the country is so crazy to me. So I'm glad I get to be part of that. Yeah, that's, that is amazing. That's amazing. Yep. So that's wow. good. Yeah. You know what? That, that should be fun. I, I think um, I've been to a bunch of Caribbean islands and Australia, New Zealand and France, Spain and Portugal um, and can, now Canada. So I've been that many places. There's still more places I want to go. Um, but yeah, leaving the country is, it's all, I've, I've, I've enjoyed it every time. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little trick um, that I've used that. I've noticed that when, when I travel internationally and you run, you run into people and they say, oh, where are you from? And you say um, United States or America or something. People are indifferent. You don't really say much, you know. Um, but then... When I say I'm from California, people light up. They're so excited, so happy to talk about California. It's a really interesting little thing I found. I think that's, I mean, we have 40 million in this state. So we technically are bigger than a lot of countries out there. And yes. I, we're, we're mainly known internationally for being a little more liberal. It's funny because you and I have a mutual friend that we used to work with, Sajel, love that name. And mm. Sajel was... Um, in she's very well traveled her family is in london she goes to india quite often and she overheard a conversation with two british men talking about why they don't like america because they think that americans only think the united states is the place to travel and at that time it was 49% or maybe it was 52% something really extremely high that of americans that did not have passports Right. I so believe. like people, my parents, 70, thinking that going to Florida or going to California or going to Montana or somewhere along that line is a vacation, you know, or camping, you know, oh, we camp during our, right. our, our, our family holiday. Now I don't want to pay to be homeless, so I don't camp, but I <laughs> will say that if that's your thing, that's your thing, but there is a world out there to explore and you'd be surprised at how much farther a lot of countries are, especially when people say America's the greatest country. Yes, yes, that is, is it's funny to, to say, oh, this is the greatest country, and then you haven't seen any other country. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like you had nothing to compare it to. Like <laughs> damn it, it's what they saw on Fox. So right. Oh, right. are you feeling better? You know what? I feel a little better, and I'm I'm at about two hours now after having eaten that banana, and you know what? It's not it hasn't come back up. So you I'm just have the rats. You have the you have rats to eat now. Yep. So I'm gonna try the. I'm gonna eat some rice. Yeah, the rats. Right. The beef banana. Try some rice, and make my. I say actually, I'm gonna try applesauce next. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna try it tomorrow. And hopefully, I can get back get back to feeling good. I, I'm, I like to hear that. I, tomorrow I have to take Mojito to his vet. You know, he gets a monthly shot every month for his Addison's disease. And I think I've told it on this podcast before Addison's disease is you don't create enough cortisol levels for your kidneys to function. So he has to have a shot for that. And then he takes a pill, but he had this little bump on his toe about six months ago. And now the bump 
They did a little test on it. She said it was cancerous, but nothing to worry about. Once it gets bigger and it starts to bleed, possibly you're going to have to have it removed. So lo and behold, Monday, of course, it was it's massive. It's so big and it's bleeding. So the only option that's probably going to be available is having his toe removed. Wow. Yeah. So because it's so big that if you take out some of it, you're taking out most of the toe anyways, because their toes are small. Right. So he'll yeah. have to learn how to, I, I think you can walk. She says she does it all the time. I don't, you know, I actually don't like hearing that. Oh, I take off toes all the time. I don't know if that's a big thing that right? I'm bragging about, but okay. Um, yeah. So I'm taking her to the vet tomorrow to put a plan in place, but yeah, other than that, he is just still, you know, his own dog. And I'm just here to service him in a way of feeding him and walking him. And that's about it. You know, I do, I have a job with him. He looks at me as if I'm his employee. So I commit to giving him, you know, so that I get a good review at the end of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he's living his best dog life. That's what my mom said. She said, you know what? He gets to sleep in your bed. He has a backyard that he gets to lay around in. I mean, you can't go wrong with the life that he has. So I, lately I've been seeing a lot of people having to put dogs down, you know, because of illness. And every time it's like one step closer to one day having to come to that conclusion for him. I just don't know when it is. So hopefully it'll be a little while. Thanks. Hey, so um, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, Our listeners. Please rate us. Uh, we uh, go to wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a rating. It helps everything. And I, I will repeat it. Give us the highest rating you could give us or don't rate us at all. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find you. <laughs> we got, we got, we got computer spies. No, we don't. We, I mean, it sounds tough to say, but we don't. Um, rate us and know that we did go a little, we didn't, we, we went, we, put our toes in the water today. So we didn't get as shallow as we normally do, because I think this recent of events had some, had some substance to talk about because it's just another crazy dynamic happening in this country. So thank you to those that stuck around and listened to it. We'd love to hear as some of you out there that do listen, give me feedback every week, please continue to do so. Uh, we love it. We try to adjust based on that. Cause ideally this is just a conversation between two friends that we legitimately have every day, every day, a couple times a day, just you know, sharing bits and pieces. So appreciate being able to share that with you. Yeah. So check us out online. I'm at Myron J. Clifton on Twitter, Dear Dean, publishing on uh, Facebook and probably the same on Instagram. I'm not really sure anymore. Um, I'm an author. Check out my Amazon page. Just look at Myron Clifton on Amazon. You see all my books and stuff out there. Jen, where can people find you? You can find me at Jen Van Landen Veg. So I know that last name is horrible, but um, V as in Victor, A-N as in Nancy, L-A-A-N-E-N, Veg, V-E-G. So Jen Van Landen Veg um, on Instagram. I think it's the same on Facebook. Like you said, I don't go on there very often. Uh, I do suggest Myron's books. My God, I'm one of the characters in his book, um, BLMPD. Bam, talk about, Talk about uh, great character too. Yeah, savage women taking control mm-hmm. and and revenge uh, in, in the in this current state of the world that we live in. It's a great story that I wish would come to fruition. Um, but check that book out; it is fucking amazing. Have a great week, Jen. I'll talk to you later. All right, peace out. Mm-hmm. Stay-